look out. He's got a nug. It's episode 18 of season 4 of Frasier Ham Radio. This week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That? The party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hi, Nadia. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, excuse me, that is not that is not the reaction I expect from somebody who recently um, came into possession of a Nintendo Switch. That's true. That's true. I finally got one. They were on back order like crazy. I think they just kind of they became these elusive, uh, almost a. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to think of the word "holy grail" item. Yeah. And for whatever reason, my brain wanted to say "golden arm" item, like <laughs> the Rachel Brosnahan clip that was going around for the Quibi show directed by Sam Raimi, where Rachel Brosnahan says with the utmost seriousness, "Like bury me with my golden arm." Um, that's how important she the Nintendo I remember. Switch is. <laughs> She gets her arm injured, I'm guessing taken off, uh, and she has her arm replaced with a golden arm, and the golden arm makes her sick because having gold attached to your body, it poisons you. But she loves her golden arm so much that she'd rather die than have it removed, which, I mean, look, you're going to find out if this pandemic continues that you are going to feel that you will die if you have your Nintendo Switch removed. <laughs> so you weren't wrong to think golden arm. And congratulations. To, <laughs> welcome to the club. I guess that's part of what it is. It's like, it's been very, very fun. I'm hoping to be able to become one of those people that gets decent enough at it that they feel uh, like, hey, come watch me play. Join me, mm-hmm. join my journey yeah. on... Come play Mario Kart, come play Smash Bros, I get it. Exactly, on twitch.com, that kind of thing. So sort of, I you should know, twitch. Stay, stay tuned. We should do it Sorry together. To inter- so, yeah. Sorry to oh interrupt and bring myself into the narrow, narrative. No, why haven't what we... we even, we, why know. haven't we done this yet? We should. We Now that we both have Switches, now we can play against each other. Now you can watch the Why Do You Know That podcast on twitch playing video games doing absolutely fuck all because nothing matters anymore i just went to twitch and it seems difficult there's a a huge banner for doritos every ah music started playing um it's the huge banner advertises doritos every like suggested channel is 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 men shooting each other with guns i'm not sure if i'm not sure where we fall into the twitch uh oof I feel like we're quaint, we're cute, we're very charming, we're sort of like, you know, oh, like a radio play. You know what? For, uh, for, for a celebration, one day we'll both twitch, our, we'll, we'll play each other in Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> Once we hit our Patreon goal. Speaking of goals and trying to achieve something... You mean like that charming radio play I tried to seg us into 30 <laughs> seconds ago? I wasn't done. <laughs> Wait, do you not really want to start a Twitch? <laughs> no, I do. I do. I do. Okay. I do. Just, okay. as much, just as much as a certain uh, Seattle-based radio host wanted to do a radio play. 
There we go. There we go. We finally got there. We finally got on the same page. That's the uh, let me, let's bring in our guest. It's the Segalert going off. You know him as half the comedy to a slide. Ch- let me take that back. Sorry. Let me bring in our guest. That was Segalert going off. You know him as half of the comedy duo Sly Chum. Please welcome Jay Pichardo. Hi. Hi. Hello, everybody. Hi. Uh, Hi. Today we're gonna, of course. Thank you for coming. And today we're going to be talking about Frasier, Season 4, Episode 18, Ham Radio. Ham Radio. I love this. I love that episode. But, but, but going back just a bit, uh, switch. Welcome. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Thank I've, you. Been to, I've been to Jay's Animal Crossing <laughs> Island, which is will leave you hating yourself. But uh, oh, come I, on. I, I knew I knew Jay was b- biting his nails, waiting to to join in. <laughs> yes, I have I Animal just, Crossing, uh, but I haven't started yet. <gasps> oh, we'll give you just a few hours. Oh, that's all you need, and you're going to be hooked. You're going to be hooked. Nadia's worried about being hooked. That's her concern. It is. It is. I'm, I'm the person that uh, sits in front of the couch, starts playing, and then wakes up, and it's a completely different part of the day. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that'll happen. Especially I, with Animal Crossing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's part of me that's like, ooh, I need to be very careful about how I do this. Addiction runs in my family. Like, I need to, I need to make sure that I don't go down this path. Um, actually... Nintendo has a very good parental control feature where you can like set timers and stuff. So you can just have your boyfriend learn the parental control password and you can just (laughs) set your own time limits for Animal Crossing. That's not a terrible idea. No, no, that actually is a bit. I mean, that's just like whenever I use any kind of like website timer or like app timers on my phone to keep myself off of social media and that kind of thing, because otherwise I won't get anything done, particularly right now when we're all just reading the news constantly 24 uh, seven. Well, that's you why ha- this, this island game is such an escape. You know, when I'm done, I just fly off to my island. <laughs> there I am for eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. You fly off? <laughs> oh, like, what? Metaphorically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I was like, you have powers I don't know about? <laughs> um, what have you been up to during this whole, um, you know, uh, trip to hell that we're yeah. on right now? Trying to run, like learn how to run, literally. Oh. <laughs> I, used, <laughs> I used to run like a fool, but now I have to run in public, you know? So mm-hmm. if you want to be six feet apart and wear masks, I'll come run with you. Okay. Yeah. I have. I Are haven't you, run in a while, so I'm kind of like starting in, in a in a in a in a slower kind of pace because I hurt my back. In fact, okay. I'm going to turn off my little back massager that I have on right now. That's what that noise was. Was there a noise? I was wondering what that humming was. Oh, god damn it, Nadia! <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm totally kidding. Oh, I was like, why didn't Nadia say anything? <laughs> the whole thing is just. <laughs> Yeah. Surpri- Sorry, Surprise. it's my vibrator. <laughs> Surprise, Steve. I've known the whole time. Yeah, uh, no, no, sure, I, for, I for sure we'll run. We'll run. <laughs> That's great, though. I mean, to. I have not been physically active whatsoever. I've been watching a lot of TV and uh, baking a lot and uh, very slowly but surely gaining weight. That's been right? my four months, five months, whatever the hell we're on now journey. It's just uh, my kitchen right now, The it's like, because uh, we stocked, you know, we have all these things just in case so we don't step out often. But our floor looks like 
like a craft services or something where all these things are just laid out and I just graze. <laughs> I like put my hand in one box pump, and then later on I come back and put my hand in the nuts. I just, yeah, it's bad. All right. So Jay, this specific episode of Frasier, why do you know that? Uh, Ham radio is a different episode of Frasier than any of the others and started to show Frasier's real control issues. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's like trying to put on a show when everything is going wrong. It reminds me of like a British farce. Mm, you know? Very much. And he did a bunch of like those episodes happened about once a year, but this one was like solid, well-written. So good. Yeah. This is definitely on the list of like top Frasier episodes repeatedly. This is, uh, I think AV club named it their favorite from season four specifically. Like if you pick 10 episodes of Frasier, generally speaking, this was definitely on that list. Uh, it's a big, it's a big one. It's a big one in Frasier Freedom, so good. It's like an ensemble piece, you know. All the characters are jam packed in there. It's, it's, and each one has like its own specific thing that will pay off later. Oh, there's so many good payoffs. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the dyslexic lot, mm-hmm. the the dyslexic woman's line is uh, yeah. so good because you know you know at some you know something's gonna happen because she only has one line and as soon as she's like teed up, you just know like. All right, how's this going to go? And exactly, yeah. Um, are you a big Frasier fan in general, or do you feel like uh, you only know specific episodes and you're like, well, I prefer, you know, watching like no. these five over I, and over again? No, I start the season off and it plays throughout the it, throughout the year, and then as soon as it's over, we start it back up again. <laughs> So you've seen it a bunch. That is not a joke. We, I mean, yeah, I've seen about four, four or five times the full way through. I could see uh, that you're also wearing a shirt that says, "Yes, thank you, Doctor Fraser Crane," and it's got a picture of Kelsey Grammer on it. <laughs> I'm listening. Says, I'm listening. Uh, it's great. Wait, it's second. a great shirt. Oh, he's leaving. He's going to return. He's done. <laughs> He's de- he's over. All he right. told us, so they- you know what? He told us why he knew it. He told yeah. us why he knew it. And honestly, that's all that we can ask from our guests. Uh, thanks for being concise. Oh wow! Oh, a second shirt. A second shirt. All talk radio. Oh, I hear those. I hear that tossed salad and scrambled eggs. Oh yeah. Was it like super hard if you're this much of a Frasier fan? Like, is it that hard to pick a favorite episode? Like, are there other ones that were in contention to talk about today? Oh, there are so, so many and so (laughs) many, so many different aspects to the character Frasier that I just, I can't, I like grappled. I was like, what exactly, what do I love about it, about this show, about the character? And I just, 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 yeah, there's many episodes, but the, uh, the other episode that came to mind was, um, um, what was it? It was uh, episode, I mean, season 10. Oh, yes, yes. Him and Bulldog. It was another ensemble episode and they, it's like Tales from the Crypt and it's the Halloween episode and Frasier doesn't often do those kind of episodes that like are just for that, like a seasonal thing. They're more just open and uh, this one, he and Bulldog are battling it out with pranks and Frasier comes out such a like high brow mentality where he wants to get into his psyche and it's like 
no, dude, just scare the guy, you know? And uh, <laughs> eventually the scares get out of control. And just like this other episode, Frazier is like trying to grip onto control of how the prank is going to go that it just like bursts open. Yeah, that was the first, that was Jay's first choice. That was, Jay had originally said Tales from the Crypt and then backed out and said ham radio. So a little behind the scenes for you guys. BTS guys. Yeah. BTS of the pod. Um, So real quick in case like let's pretend aliens came down or something and they had no idea what Frasier was. Could you give like a quick summation, a little context to what is the show Frasier? About a psychologist, the irony of a psychologist getting to know people so well, but yet he doesn't even know he gets in the way of himself constantly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's the, that's like Frazier, the character, the show itself is about a family of sorts. Uh, and just, yeah, a family trying to get together with all these clashing of views and generations. Uh, and were you a big Cheers fan? Because uh, Fraser Crane's character obviously started off on the TV show Cheers, and then this was essentially a spinoff that became just as successful. No, did not like <laughs> Cheers. No, wow. wow. I am the I am the opposite. I told Jay uh, via text, and now I'll let you know, Nadia. Ham Radio this morning. First Frasier episode I have ever watched beginning to end by choice. <laughs> I don't dislike Frasier. I watched, we watched Frasier in like college in like TV writing classes. He's brought up in every sitcom writing book and spec writing lesson you will ever take. So I could tell you right now, Daphne is, uh, has a thing with Niles. Roz works at the radio show. Frazier and Niles both have mid mid Atlantic accents, but the dad is like a <laughs> Rust Belt kind of guy. And uh, there's a Jack Russell Terrier, and I can count on one hand how many Frazier episodes I've seen. But through osmosis, I know it all. The thing is, I just don't like Frazier. I don't like him. Uh, <laughs> oh, but again, no. all those TV writing books will be like Frazier is perfect. You distill it down to a neurotic uh, therapist, uh, and yeah. so I get it. I get it. You know what? Same with Jackass. I get it. But I'm pro- I probably just see myself in Frasier too much. <laughs> oh, I believe I that. I, I, I can't enjoy that. like I can't. Sometimes there's just a character that I'm just like I don't I don't like watching you, but I like Niles. <laughs> Here's the thing, Steve. Same. <laughs> oh no. I, too, have seen a bunch of Frasier episodes for academic purposes because it is a great show. It is a great show. And if you are out there and you're like, I want to write television or I'm ready for first script, this pandemic, etc. I don't know why you have that voice. You should probably go to a doctor, check it out. But (laughs) if you are somebody who is considering a career or would like to try their hand in a script, Frasier is an excellent show, along with Cheers, to watch as far as structure, as far as what characters do. The joke writing. The joke writing is very solid. It's a great example of something that I like to think a lot about, which is um, I believe this is a South Park thing, which is uh, so, but, therefore. So every scene that you're writing starts with, so these things are happening, but then this thing happens. Therefore, this is the outcome of that. And that way, it's an easy way to think about driving action. And Frazier does this impeccably. That said, yeah. 
Fraser Crane just like kind of drives me nuts as a character. In as part because soon- maybe I I see myself in him as well, but I also think it's it's a he's a lot. He's a lot. I just like to deal with. I hate. Yes. I honestly. <laughs> Honestly, Jay loves that he's a lot. Jay's like, yeah, yes. give me more. I can't stand the theme song. I fucking <laughs> hate. And this goes back. This is this goes back to like being a kid and like not liking adult sitcoms, like only wanting to watch like cartoons. Like, oh man, Nickelodeon's done. Now I have to watch I Love Lucy. Um, so like just the because Frasier was on at like nine or something, and just I just remember hearing toss salad and scrambled eggs and then just like that's it's like a pavlov's bell thing for me of like fun's over (laughs) (laughs) but what it is is it's like no smart people like good well-written joke time is beginning and for me i was just like no thank you yeah i think i'm similar in that like i just didn't gravitate towards it when i was younger and as a result, I just like haven't gotten into it. Like it's one of very few shows where I'm like, oh, I just haven't. And at this and point, it's like there's 11 seasons. How are Nadia and I supposed to get into Frasier? Do we start with Cheers? <laughs> timeless. Frasier is timeless. I mean, yes, I laughed. That the episode you chose was perfect for a couple of non-Fraser heads like us because I thought it was hysterical. I agree. Yeah. Like it felt like a farce. It felt very noises off. I'm very much. Very much love that stuff. So you that, picked the that, that episode noises for me. Off, noises Off is what got me into seeing theater and being an actor and seeing that there are different sides, you know, to yeah. the play. It's like, oh, and then what could go wrong would be silly so funny. Mm-hmm. And so this show harkens back to like what inspired me to do the thing I want to do, you know? Wow. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, oh, it is. Gosh. Yeah. It's, it's so fun to watch. The show must go on as it falls apart is is always very satisfying. And just for anybody not familiar with Ham Radio, IMDb goes ahead and describes it as Frazier tries to direct an old-time radio drama for KACL, but his over-directing turns the show into a complete disaster, just as Niles predicted. Yes, yes, yes. And also, there was was a movie at the time that not a lot of people know. It was called Radioland Murders. And this movie is similar to this show, this episode, in that... They're trying to put on an old, old-fashioned, and this takes place in like the 20s when they're putting on, you know, like live shows with mm-hmm. the Lone Ranger and then the singing commercials and the band. And that movie is similar to this, where things are just going wrong. So it was just, it was, it was. All, I was all about that at the at that time, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, it's I still. I mean, Noises Off, I think, still works. I'm sure that there's like probably a few updates to it that could be made because everything can be updated at this point. But generally speaking, it's the audience a great is concept. tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at our hashtag <laughs> trending. We've got to start this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think one of the things about Frasier in the general uh, cultural zeitgeist or what have you is that it is a show, as Steve put, Written by smart people about smart people, right? So it's a show where they are elevating the way that they speak. They are elevating the content of which they are speaking about. Unlike Cheers, where you had this sort of, uh, quote, high class versus low class thing, right? Like the whole Diane and Sam thing. It's very much about a guy who's just a working class dude 
who's smart, but not like book smart necessarily versus the academic Diane who's constantly trying to put him down. And so watching them verbally spar in their specific ways is what helps create conflict tension, blah, blah, blah. But with Frazier, it's all guys doing that. So you have to like be ready for it. But because Frazier is so specifically, not just neurotic, but like, like you said, controlling and bossy and all those things, uh, there are specific situations where I think that works really, really well and doesn't become annoying to watch. And this is one of them where he's like, I'm going to become the guy that directs a radio play for the uh, station that he works at to the point where like it starts with him being like, oh, I'm not going to be in this. I'm not going to be in this at all. And then like three minutes and he's like, ah, I'll be in it. <laughs> Which is just very funny. Yeah. It'd be like, oh, yeah, complete 180. Yeah. And there's there's so many times in this episode, probably just because this is from what, like 99, 2000, 97. So like I've seen so many sitcoms and tropes before them that there's a lot of times in this episode where I just know from the rhythm, like he's saying, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So I know him deciding to do it is right around the corner. But even if I know that beat is about to happen, the way like the reveal, like it's the guy that turns the corner is just perfect to a T of Scotland Yard inspector. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. uh, and so I With knew the that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I knew that Frazier was gonna eventually have to be like, oh, I guess I have to do it myself. But like the fact that it was the, the thing that made him decide that was the perfect guy is so funny. Or, um, yeah, just knowing like, all right, we've built up that Bulldog's girlfriend is going to do one line and she's not going to do good. And he mentions dyslexic, but that kind of gets dropped and then like left. So, you know, as soon as she steps up, you know, like, oh man, whatever. We know that this woman has one line. We know yes. that it's a guest one-off yes. character. So like, we know there's going to be a punch, but we don't know what, I don't know what it's going to be. And then nug. <laughs> yes, yes i laughed the whole time i'll watch more fraser jay you've convinced. as you should and i can give you a list of on that give me a moment i will give you a list of all the episodes top seven i think i'll just put it on and keep it on and just oh like, okay do stuff yeah i like yeah. that like pitter patter of dialogue and and jokes and stuff yeah yeah it's it's good so as far as like a sort of plot overview we've kind of danced around it it's basically to help celebrate the 50th anniversary of the station he's going to stage this radio murder mystery and then he enlists his co-workers to act in it and then all chaos ensues um is there one specific part of this jay or like one joke or anything that like really gets you every time no matter how many uh, times you've seen it uh yeah uh, David Hyde Pierce's performance at the end where he's playing a mm. Rolodex of characters. He's got like the lady, because there was supposed to be this well-versed actor, right, who was uh, going to be a part of it, playing 12 different characters. His name was Mel White. I have, I have a little known fact. His name in the show, Mel White. But that's because Mel Blank was the man of a thousand, mm. the guy who did all the Looney Tune voices. So they're like, mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> and Blanc is white yes. in French. Blanc. That's right. Yes. Uh, well, he drops out because of uh, Fraser's controlling, and Niles gets summoned to play all these parts, unbeknownst to him that he's going to be playing 12 different parts. So live, he's getting pointed at, you're this character, you're the character. And he's just rapid fire. All these impressions, accents, and characters. Everyone is. I, I mean, it is a top-notch cast and the time everybody's perfect Roz uh with the 
with her dental surgery. And even just uh, Daphne and the dad listening at home is like, yeah, I, I love, it's so funny to cut to the two people trying to, who, who don't see what's going on in the studio, but are just trying to make sense of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And even Daphne, who was a part of the reading the day before, she's like, this is a bloodbath. Everybody's, this is yeah. how it was yesterday. Oh, yeah. uh, Daphne, that was great too. <laughs> the read through like, uh, anytime something happens and Daphne's like narrating as if it's a, as if it's <laughs> yes. a show, like we'll find somebody. And then Daphne's like, ominous music plays. Very, yeah, exactly, very funny. Yeah. Very self-aware. Uh, written by uh, David. Uh, his name is David. Uh, oh, now it is David Lloyd. David Lloyd. And this guy also wrote for Taxi and uh, Mary Tyler Moore, the Bob Newhart show. So he's like well-versed in sitcom land. He's, yeah. Uh, I did find a little bit from, he was interviewed in a book called Funny You Should Ask, Oral Histories of Classic Sitcom Storytellers. And the bit that I found where he talks about ham radio specifically is he said, quote, my great regret with that is I didn't get an ending for it. I had one, but it was really just more of the same. It wasn't really an ending. It was pushing it just a little further. I thought, damn, we never really got a boom ending for it. But up until that time, I was having a lot of fun with it because I grew up on radio stuff. So clearly, he was influenced by the whole thing. And I kind of see what he's talking about because without... I mean, obviously, they're spoiling the whole thing. But like, as it goes on, comical farce, chaos ensues, yada, yada, yada. But the way in which the entire play ends is as Niles is brought in because Mel White decides, fuck this, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> and he's constantly being asked to do everything. Uh, as the play itself goes on, basically Niles pulls his own I quit moment by insisting on kind of killing off every character huh. with so a good. sound effect. <laughs> so there's a, there's a Foley artist, I don't know, sound effect guy who's on the radio doing like old-timey like type noises, including uh, the FYI, ice cream truck gag. Yes, yes, the ice cream truck and the phone. His name is Noel Shemsky. You guys have not seen enough Frasier to know that he is a peripheral character, oh. but they bring him in once in a while. And this was... Perfect Shemsky. He's great. Uh, thank you. So, with... <laughs> wait, what's it? Noel Shemsky? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was wrapping my head around Shemsky. It's just a very funny name. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize he was... Uh, w when else does he show up? Or is this, like, quintessential Noel Shemsky? Or is this... He is the office nerd. He's the Star Trek liaison. He knows all these. He's obsessed with Roz. Mm. She is like, he writes fan fiction for Roz. And uh, yeah, he's a nerd. He's okay. Good. Okay. All right. That's good to know. Because uh, he, I mean, he's, God bless him. God bless Noel in this thing, trying his darndest to get these sound effects going. Uh, <laughs> so he screws up multiple times, but uh, he is using balloons that he's blown up to pop as like a gunshot effect noise. And it is at that point that Niles takes the whole balloon and just starts <laughs> killing off everybody. Uh, yeah, uh, there's uh, there's two, I think they're sisters, and he's like, I'm out of bullets. Can you stand back to back so we could just pop one balloon? <laughs> it, uh. <laughs> and you're so right about uh, Martin and uh, Daphne listening in because she's like, when she does say it's a bloodbath, he's like, this is why you, I love TV. 
Because mm-hmm. you want to see it. <laughs> also, talking about like just how good the writing in this is, like you were saying, uh, David Lloyd wrote this episode, also wrote the episode of the Mary Tyler Moore show, Chuckles Bites the Dust, about a oh! famous clown that dies, which is like... If you Google just best episodes of TV in general, Chuckles Bites the Dust will probably be top five um, most of the time. So he wrote one of of the best Frasier episodes, one of the best Mary Tyler Moore Show episodes. His son is Christopher Lloyd, not that Christopher Lloyd, but who co-created Modern Family. So like... And say what you want about Modern Family or its 10-season run or if it was good in the end as it was in the beginning. But that is a family that knows how to write a joke. Because yes. even, even, when, even when they're not at their best, these shows always tight, thick, thick with jokes. <laughs> thick with jokes. I like that you clarified it was a different Christopher Lloyd. Well, I don't because want, not Doc Brown. It's not that. No, no. I don't want anyone thinking Doc Brown created Modern Family. <laughs> I don't need that on my shoulder. <laughs> um, and also, but uh, so here's you know great with just just really solid writing. What is Niles using to destroy uh, Fraser's whole thing? He's popping balloons. He's deflating the whole thing. He's decided he doesn't want to do this anymore, and he's just popping Frasier's balloons. Chef's kiss. Yes, yes. Chef's kiss. Um, Only chefs can kiss like that. (laughs) It's true. It's true. If a normal person tries to kiss the way a chef kisses, they will explode. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Jay, is there like a a specific line that gets you because i i too am a big fan of watch out he's got a nug and the build up to it um and yeah can the McAllister sisters stay back to back i'm I'm, I'm running out of bullets both of those really got me Roz's lines throughout where she says Chinese embassy on line one because of uh, uh, the appropriation of Bulldog saying the line from Mr. Wang. She oh, calls yeah. him out and she's like, Chinese embassy on line one. He can't talk like that. And then we, he's like, all right, we'll change it. We'll change that. That yeah. was the first one that gets me. I was like, get it, Roz. All right. <laughs> that was a weird bit where I was like, oh, here's a weirdly racist moment. But then it immediately gets called out. And I'm like, oh, okay. 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 And so I was like, we could have, you know, not put that in, but yeah. okay, we did. And then we called it out. Sure. And then right. the other one is Roz's line again, when she comes in and she's just got come from the dentist and the numbness and without knowing they slipped into the setup earlier with, uh, I couldn't believe one of my guests could be a multiple murderer. But yeah, she's got this gum thing. Multiple murderer. Yes. It's like, oh, it's so, so silly. Every, you know, yeah, so silly. It's like, it's probably 22 minutes or so without commercials. And it's like 20 minutes of impeccable setup to just let the last two minutes be nothing but payoff after payoff yeah. after payoff. Yes. And boy, Frazier gets what he deserves. <laughs> Does that happen in a lot of these episodes? <laughs> he gets his comeuppance. Yes, he doesn't. He may not learn from them, but definitely he's, he's, he's knocked down a peg or two. Um, do we feel like, uh, oh gosh, what is his name? Um, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't bring up the fact that, um, oh gosh, I am blanking on Gil Chesterton. 
Thank you. So Gil has this boyhood in Surrey speech. So it's like a part of the play because this whole play is meant to be kind of like, you know, a 1940s mystery murder thing. And there's a lot of, you know, who clue it's clue stuff. Right. Uh, and he's very excited to the speech. The speech keeps getting cut back further, further, further. Walk us through it, Jay, because it's very good. Yeah, at the beginning, he's uh, in the, the first act of the show. They're talking about all these parts being divvied out. And Gil's like, oh, do you have a part for me? And then he's like, how about this one, the schoolboy? And he's like, oh, and he goes right into this monologue, flourishing it with all these tones, right? And then, uh, so they're like, did you even read it already? He's like, I guess I had a long look at it. So he's already kind of memorized. He's wrapped his mind around this character. And then later on in the second act, he's, they're told, actually, we have to trim it down even more. He's like, not my spirit. Speech, and then he goes into the monologue again, trying to show off that he already knows it so well. And then by the last moment, right before we go on, they like the speech is cut. <laughs> he now he's like obsessed. He, this was his moment. <laughs> he's a he's a food critic, you know, chef's kiss. He's a chef. He can do that. And so he now has to figure out a way to push in this monologue, and he does so, but. Through that comes many bullets at his character. <laughs> yeah, they just keep shooting him with those balloons because at this point, Frazier's like, we need to move on. I'm not letting you do this. And so it becomes, you know, oh no, he's dead. Bumping in the, in the spins and finnies. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's yeah. It. And then with he's my like, school chums. <laughs> yeah. And we never get to hear this speech. Like, we only keep hearing like the first like sentence or two of it. But every time <laughs> he's just like so into it and then bam, killed. Oh, no. And then, oh, I guess he's dead. It's me, his brother. Yeah. Or <laughs> oh, I no. also, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the ice cream man. Was that the one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he's like, it's me, the ice cream man. I went to school with him. <laughs> But there's, yeah, a great moment where he just stares at him with daggers, just like, and so died the last surviving member of the fast of his family. It's just like, that to me feels like quintessential Frasier, which is maybe part of why I'm like, I understand its appeal. And I'm also like, man, this guy's a blowhard. Uh, he certainly is. He certainly <laughs> is. He really is. Um, but he's like comfortable. He's like comfortable in his blowhardness, you know? You mean like he embraces it? Not embraces it, but he's steadfast. He's got his moral compasses. He's like, no, this is, he's cut and dry. So there's no changing. He's, there's no changing him. Is there any way to change you, Fraser? <laughs> That's the question we've all been asking. Is there any, what, what man, what, who could possibly change this man? Well, I mean, Nadia, good question. I'm already thinking there's, but this is a good, I mean, if you want to think about the longevity of Fraser. They're thinking about doing a little reboot or whatever that is, another incarnation of Frasier. Where would he be now? How would he have changed? Would he have changed? What do you think? I, don't know. Uh, I mean, I think he would have grown. Okay, think about this. Cheers, he was one Frasier. In the show Frasier itself, he was a totally different kind of Frasier. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if they would do that for this one, re really like, you know. Out of those ashes, he becomes his new Frasier Phoenix. He rises from the... So Frasier goes from Boston to Seattle to become Frasier. And now, many years later, rises from the ashes to become Frasier. The new... Yeah. The one we now know. That's beautiful. 
I think like <laughs> also just like Frasier, because Frasier was a radio person, you already have like a built-in thing of like, all right, well, he's clearly going to be hosting podcasts now. Like he's clearly going to be hosting a This American Life kind of thing. But yeah, you're right. It's like, okay, but personality-wise, like Frasier was on for what, 11 years and 11 seasons of, uh, of Cheers. So yeah. like, we've got to, like, what's, we got to, yeah, what's the difference? What's Frasier like now? He can't just be the same, but like, like I don't want to watch him bumble trying to figure out, bumble. I want to watch him deal with technology. <laughs> like the last thing I want to see is old man Frasier being like, true that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the last thing exactly we need right. is, is Frasier to be like a moderate, li- I mean, he is probably a moderate liberal, but like, I do not need to see an, an episode of Frasier. That's like, yeah, here, here's why, here's why I agree with the Hoppers magazine, yeah. free speech signers. I mean, we've had that with Will and Grace and with Murphy Brown. Like, not everybody needs to come back so we can see what they think of today's political landscape. Like, (laughs) no, no. I think honestly, at this point, Fraser should be incredibly apolitical. And the only thing that he argues about is like, Niles, which wine subscription do you want to sign up for? Yeah, I want to see (laughs) Fraser having given up. Like, like, complete, like, on society? Like, Like, define giving up. He's just like, yeah, he's just like, the world is in shambles and I don't care. I'm, I'm, they're like, I'm, I I give up. And then, like, let's make it a mini series of 13 episodes and eventually Frazier gets his groove back. But we start on him being like, there's nothing for me in this new world. I hate it. Everybody sucks. Politics are awful. Everything's garbage. And then, I don't know, Niles or Roz is like, you should make a podcast. And he's just like, I can't. I'm not doing that. That's for children. But then by episode 13, he started a podcast. It's going well. And his name is Mark Marin. Yes, his name he's is Mark Marin. Mark Marin. <laughs> Instead uh, of no, who are you guys, it's like, uh, it's, so who are, who are your chums? <laughs> What's Frasier. up, Frasier heads? What the Frasierinos? What the Frasierneers? What the Frasierniks? The I'm listeners. <laughs> I actually, I have an idea for their, their, little re- their, their little reboot, whatever that is. <laughs> but I have an idea where it would be actually a retelling of all 11 seasons of Frasier, right? But told through Roz's perspective Ooh. in the style of, um, what is the Sex and the City? So like a narrated thing. Yes, where she's like the single mom. Yes, but we go through almost like the same like episodes that uh, touchstones to the seasons. You know. Mm -hmm. I mean, this one. If if you want to do Sex in the City style with Roz, I think you have to remember that not only are you bringing back this whole cast, but you're adding another character, which the city of Seattle is almost like the fifth character. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, she's got to like do have some moment where she goes to the space needle and it's like both romantic and uh unnecessary. I want a space needle in my city, not in my boyfriend's pants. Then <laughs> <laughs> really Fish made up for market, my more like meat market. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> While Niles was getting poked, I was down at Pike Place. <laughs> These are the only things I know about Seattle, even though I've been there for 
48 hours. <laughs> um, this is also uh, Kelsey Kramer's favorite episode. Uh, so he has said like he, his favorite is ham radio. Um, cool. And got good taste. A little, yeah. A little tidbit I'm throwing out. I mean, and that that's saying a lot given how many episodes that they did. Very true. For this one to be his fave. Yeah. Um, and this was like not even, they weren't even halfway through the run. Imagine that back half just being chasing that ham radio glory. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if it had gone well. Do you think he would have been like, we should do this all the time? Or do you think he would have been like, great, I did it. And he just would have taken credit. Oh, he would have become a uh, director in like community theater, Seattle, for his com- for his building. He would have started a theater company and done a show in the in the basement. If it went well. Oh no! Thank God it didn't. <laughs> oh. <Yeah. laughs> uh, here's a question for you, Jay, about Kelsey Grammer specifically, because Kelsey Grammer in real life, like, there's. There's a lot to be said about that guy. Like the fact that they're bringing back Frasier, I think speaks to not just the popularity of that character, but it also speaks to the fact that like, what's Kelsey Grammer up to? And I mean, he doesn't need to work. He certainly doesn't need to. He's probably a gobs of gobs of money. But um, have you seen that video of him falling down? I certainly have. Okay. Could you walk us through that? Because that is maybe Um, one of my favorite things ever in existence. I don't exactly know what's happening in that video. I just know that he's put, he's doing like a, a speech maybe to somebody. I don't know if it's like a, a show or he's talking of his experiences, but the, the stage itself is set up almost like a cog in like a, in a, um, in a, a clock it's all these weird little divots and so in the blackness you can't see where this huge gap is and he fell right into that that poor gap yeah i'm just gonna play it i'm definitely gonna post this on the socials but i'm just gonna play it it's perfection it is the best video on the internet and basically uh to my understanding he was giving a speech i think at Disneyland's California Adventure. And it was like somewhere near the opening. So this is like an older video. And it was some sort of, I don't know, presentation talk, something. And apparently that stage is shaped like the States. So he Uh, fell off somewhere uh, around like New Mexico, I think. Um, And it's just perfect. It's perfect because when he screams, oh, good Lord, not only is that quintessential Frasier, it it's it's a perfect moment of Kelsey Grammer being a blow. I don't know. I think part of the reason that I'm like not I haven't started Frasier is because I look at Kelsey Grammer and I go, Oh, are you him? Have you been playing the same character for 20 years and you either became him or you always were this guy? So you are kind of the blowhard. Like th- that's the impression I get of the guy. I don't know. What do you think? He does. I mean, I do think just like the character, he takes himself a bit too seriously. He, be, he has become, after playing it for 20 some odd years, you know, he ha- thinks he and the character, you have to be one at some point, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's remnants of Frasier in him and him and Frasier. And it's, I mean, I don't think he's been particularly good to his wives. Uh, I have, I have a, um, I watch 
the Beverly Hills Housewives because of my girlfriend. We mm-hmm. watched them together, and uh, he has been in the episodes, and he didn't seem like a warm presence, we'll say. Um, yeah. His daughter was on MTV's Awkward and followed one of my joke accounts on Twitter. So uh, I don't know. I think he's pretty Ooh. nice. <laughs> <laughs> she may be... His children might be fine. I don't. I don't know any of the grammar children. I wish them nothing but the best. I just don't know about this whole thing where uh, he just doesn't seem like he's the best. However, I'll say though, this. I'll however, say this. Oh yeah, go he's on. A, he's a Republican, and that's where I'll leave it. Yeah, mm. yeah. There's a little bit of like and that's, mm. and that's it. I do. I do wonder, though, about this whole thing where he in his second marriage, which lasts for a year, um, he filed for an annulment when his wife was three months pregnant and evicted her from their home. And the pregnancy apparently ended in a miscarriage. And Kelsey Grammer claims she was abusive and fired a gun at him. Come on. There's just a lot to unpack there. There's just oh, a geez. lot to unpack. And, you know, that's that's where I'm going to leave that at. This is <laughs> this is just a lot to unpack there. I'm, there's a lot to unpack in his personal life that makes me go. This is I mean, do you guys have that with anybody else? And not not obvious people. I'm not going to like Bill Clinton, yeah, yeah. obviously a piece of shit. But like, you know, Ron Hell. Ron, yeah, Hell, Ron, Joss Hell, Whedon. Um, Ooh, yeah, yeah, Joss Whedon. And, and it's tough because, uh, you know, he's made a lot of really great stuff and Buffy really is an iconic uh, television show that was ahead of its time. But he's also, um, you know, his he, he had an affair with an actress on Buffy while he was married and isn't great towards women. Uh, so, yeah, it's hard to kind of be like, well, crap, I really like this thing this person does, but they might be trash. But when it comes yeah. to Frasier or any sort of thing like that, I always just like to think, you know what? Uh, Kelsey Grammer didn't make all of Frasier. It was created by a different person, written by lots of talented people and an ensemble starring a lot of amazing people. So I think uh, I don't mind watching Frasier. Well, I've never watched Frasier, but I don't mind watching Buffy because I just think, you know what? Yeah, it says created by this name, but I don't want to deny the many other talented writers and all of the actors who put in such great work. Yeah. Is that uh, okay? Do I need I to get, cut that out? No, I, I get what you're saying. I think that there's a lot of cases like that where one person happens to be incredibly problematic and is involved in a collaborative effort. And should we say no to the entire collaborative effort? particularly if there's a way to say no to a, one person and not necessarily give them more money. Let me put that way. Uh-huh. Like if you had a DVD box set and you're just uh-huh. watching your home, you've already given that money a while back. Are you really like putting more money in their pocket? No, I don't think so. No. Yeah. Unless do I not know how DVDs work? <laughs> you have Every to have time your DVD you play player them. hooked up to the Wi-Fi <laughs> so that the studio knows you watched it. Uh, Are you committing crimes, Nadia? Uh, no, no, no. I definitely. Uh, I, the one person for me, though, really just a touch is R.L. Stein. Mm. He uh, hates Halloween, and yet he writes it so well. And I, it's just unfortunate. Can I make he, you? Can I make you feel a little bit better and a lot bit worse? 
what most of the Goosebumps books were not written by R.L. Stein. Oh, uh, lots of ghostwriters. Uh, <laughs> oh my but god! But now you don't have to worry about him hating the Goosebumps. Halloween. <laughs> also, yeah, hating Halloween. But also, come on, there was a new Goosebumps book every thirty days. You know what that's I know fair. I was actually thinking about this just like last week. Like, how can this guy have so many different because it's not the same kind of tropey? I mean, tropey beats. We have that moment where it's like by the first chapter, this should happen, but mm-hmm. still there were many different stories that were like, This yeah. guy? Well, I bet this it was also guy? probably I'm sure he had his hand in it. It's probably just like, you know, somebody being the showrunner of a TV show. Uh RL Sign was probably like, All right, so these are my concepts for book. 51 beware the yes. snowman book 53 chicken yes. chicken and book like, 55 you, the blob that ate everyone and then someone else goes martha stewart them. knows every recipe in all her books no exactly no he's the martha stewart of ya thrillers yeah, yeah. rl sign and martha stewart cut from the same cloth disagree nadia disagree <laughs> fucking Aunt, dare right? you and can't <laughs> Um, the other thing that I forgot about with Kelsey Grammer specifically is that his sister was uh, abducted and murdered when he was 20 and I wonder how much of that has just like completely fucked him up Uh, he has said in interviews that uh, they were close and any kind of alcoholism or drug addiction or whatever was sort of fueled by that traumatic event and depression surrounding that Yes. And I'm not saying this is like to give up a pass. I'm just saying that like, yeah, I can see where the trauma of you, a family member being abducted and murdered is going to fuck with you in a way where then you become, mm, you, you lean into aspects of yourself Correct. comedically and possibly in real life that oh are God, a little, yeah. you know, like think face emoji. Well, it's, it's, uh, oh my, did you... Did I miss you were talking about it, the sister? Did I? Did you talk about all the accidents? No. What? Um, he was raised by his mother and maternal grandparents in New Jersey. Uh, family relocated to Florida shortly after his grandfather died of cancer when he was twelve. In 1968, his father was murdered in a home invasion. In 1975, his sister was kidnapped, raped, and murdered oh, in Colorado Springs. Man. In 1980, his two half brothers died in a scuba diving accident. Oh my. Okay, are we not sure that Kelsey Grammer is a murderer? There we go. I think we figured out. The, we figured out the reboot. We figured out the reboot. It's All right, so let's, I mean, that is horrible. Let's break this. Let's break this. Uh, this reunion pilot. Okay, so this is the gritty Frasier reboot where we find right, out yeah. this whole time. So he initially moved to Boston to get Forget- away. Get away from what? Yeah, the FBI, obviously, because he's on the most wanted <laughs> list for all these murders. God. Yeah. And then he comes back to Seattle because he thinks it's safe. It's very weird that he has created a public persona for himself, given all the murders. But I think, you know, it's one of those and hiding yet, in plain sight situations. And yet the, the, the calling of stardom calls. It calls him. He needs, <laughs> he has his need. So it's many years later and he goes back to the site of the first murder. (laughs) 
This is so dark. Uh, I I had no idea that uh, Kelsey Grammer's family had been through so much, and that he's been through so much death. Like death surrounds this man. I know. Yeah. Seriously, I I feel such empathy. Uh, even if even if uh, he's the guy that makes me go like, oh come on, like well no wonder if this many people <laughs> in his life have been yeah. uh, brutally abducted and murdered and raped and kidnapped and died in scuba diving accidents, which like how many people could make that claim? I was not aware of this, but that makes so like no wonder he has such he has to fall into those uh, vices mm-hmm. so hard, yeah, yeah, and, and also, also like he doesn't oh, he. Uh, yeah, I, I think like personal relationships and family relationships are probably tough because of abandonment issues that come with so many tragic accidents. Doesn't make sense why he's a Republican, but for sure. Well, um, he's old and white, and he doesn't want to lose. And he yeah, doesn't want to lose his privilege. Right, right. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. Shit. You know, yeah. there were, uh, but uh, just quickly, there were a few episodes in the first and second, third season, perhaps, where his Frazier's character is totally not in an episode because Kelsey is off doing uh, either rehab or some kind of self self work. You know. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Those are little little dips, but little little BTS. <laughs> Frazier. <laughs> he went to Juilliard, Kelsey Grammer. That makes sense. He's a good uh, actor. You know what I love about Juilliard is how, like, if you go to their website to, like, look at um, alumni, like, alumni of Juilliard are, um, like, uh, are by group. So, like, every class is a different group. So, like... Oh. So, like, Val Kilmer was in group 10 in 1981. Kelsey Grammer was in group 6 in 1975. It's just weird that, like, they're not the class of 98. They're group 27. (laughs) What group are they on now? Do they continue with those group numbers? Um, We've got group... I've got a group 49. I've got one person from group 50 has made the alumni page on Wikipedia, and that is Maya Hawk. Um, who oh, yes. plays Robin on Stranger Things and was Joe in a BBC version of Little Women? Um, so, so yeah, they're still they're still on group numbers. That's just it's funny to me because you're never going to have another class of 2005. So why call it Group 35? You know, and I think what what does that mean now? What are groups going to be like after COVID? They can't be groups now. They have to be classes. Yeah. They can't be groups. They weren't that grouped together. Like that they didn't. Were, they weren't in a studio. To, what is, what is Juilliard gonna do, you guys? I mean, have we thought of them? Did somebody get them on the line? Nadia does the research. I'll ask her. Nadia, Nadia. what do you have for Juilliard <laughs> during COVID? And groups. And groups. Yeah, we uh, about Juilliard groups during COVID. Where are you at with that? They're keeping both of them, uh, uh, and they are going to reconsider calling it from groups to individualized pods together but apart got it ah i mean it's wordy but it's the new world order i p t yeah i'm trying really hard <laughs> <laughs> so good um as we uh it's, it's the thing though like I was going to talk a little bit about David Hyde Pearson. I just feel like, but he's not Frazier. Like, <laughs> it's true. Oh, but it's, I, it's all the right. Makeup. All right. I know how that came out. I know how that came out. We don't need to go down this path. 
<laughs> I just mean that like Kelsey Grammer really embodies that character. He's played that character for whatever it is, 20 plus years uh, versus uh, David I. Pierce playing Niles. Like they literally cast it because they're like, you look like him. Uh, mm-hmm. You're a min- you're a little you're a little Frazier. You're a little yeah. Frazier. Yeah, and, and, I mean, and he comes from such a theater background as I think some of the other actors, uh, supporting actors come from this theater presence where they know how to carry the scene and be a character, but not a caricature, you know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's so there was a part of me that was going to like go into deep dive on like who Niles is to Frazier. And I'm like, we all know he's the guy who gets under his skin. I don't need to go down this path. Yeah. 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 I Sometimes- saw David Hyde Pierce in the, um, original cast of Spamalot in Chicago before it went to Broadway. So Ooh, uh, how was want, he? Uh, I don't know. Say I'll I'll tell you on my episode of why do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> he was great. I forget what he played, but like everyone Sarah Ramirez was in it. It was the Broadway cast. They were just um workshopping it in Chicago first and most people went to Broadway, but it was very good. Um, I saw David Hyde Pierce in the original Broadway production of Curtains. Oh, he was great. Tell us more. Oh, he's fantastic. He's a great theater actor. You know, he's and he's got a a good voice. He's good. If you were going to be if you were going to try out for the revival, the Frasier revival, like they they said, like all the parts are up again. Like we're just we're rebooting Frasier. But uh, we're going to do a reunion with Kelsey Grammer and David Pierce, And then we're going to do a completely new Frasier. New, new beginning. What, what role would you want to audition for, Jay? Oh man, how about like, uh, geez, I don't know. It could be like his new producer. Is maybe like Roz is there, but like I'm the newer, younger producer, or mm. his, uh, what was uh, his son? His son's like friend or boyfriend or husband or something like that where I could be his that what's that guy's name his son do you guys oh you guys don't know the show just staring at you with a blank face um uh, anyways son yeah oh yeah they have he and Lilith have a, have a oh that's together. right oh that's right oh uh, Lilith oh yeah I know she carried over from the cheers show um, She's great. Uh, speaking of and hearing, oh yeah, BB Newworth, BB Newworth, another theater actor. Yeah. Um. Uh, Fraser wasn't the only thing that tried to carry over to another TV show. Uh, there was a spinoff of of Cheers called The Tortellis, which was about Carla's ex husband uh, and family. She wasn't in it, but that one only lasted thirteen episodes, only one season. So I think. Uh, <laughs> I think there was something magical about, like, I think Frasier, even though I didn't watch the show, Kelsey Grammer as Frasier really was lightning in a bottle. He was only supposed to be in a couple episodes. Like, his only arc on Cheers was to break up Sam and Diane, but everybody loved him so much, minus uh, Shelley Long. She wanted them to get rid of Frasier as soon as possible. But uh, he stuck around for so many more years and then had his own show because, you know, people like Jay like Frasier. <laughs> hey, but I will say this. This is, they, they were, they loved Kelsey Grammer, the creators of Cheers, that they were like, we're going to create another show with the him, but it was going to be a whole different character. It was going to be Kelsey Grammer, not as Frasier, as a whole new persona. And it was going to be, um, if I remember correctly, it was going to be um, an architect 
who had a motorcycle riding architect who got his legs broken and was going to be in a hospital bed for the whole season. And everything was going to happen around him in his bed at home, you know? But the, the network was like, no, you're going to do Frasier. Yeah. And it's going to be a whole show. You're telling me that there was almost a television show that was just about a man who's in a bed the whole time? Yes. Now, yes. That, that's the kind of pandemic content <laughs> that could thrive right now. Just footage of somebody in a bed. Yep. I'm just wrapping my head around, like, what can you possibly do for more than, like, a couple of episodes with oh, somebody I, in a bed? Uh, um, I, have a, I have a pitch for a Frasier reboot, but it doesn't have to do with beds. Okay, okay. okay. Let's get off the bed thing, because um, I'm, I'm very blanking. Very funny comedian and writer Phoebe Robinson has a new podcast called Black Frasier, where mm-hmm. she's basically doing, like, a podcast. Like, she's being a Frasier type person on her podcast. She's, it's like an advice kind of uh, hybrid podcast call-in kind of show. Cool. I'm going to pitch that Frasier is the boss at Phoebe's character's um, podcast place. And it's the two of them teaching each other about their different walks of life. Mm. It's meta. Should I just pitch it? it? Should I just go to, and is NBC open still? <laughs> no, no, they've shut down. And when they reopen, <laughs> they'll be listening to our back uh, log of, of episodes, so they'll get yeah. to this. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's Frasier training a new Frasier who's a black woman. Is my pitch. So we'll have gone from Frasier moving to Seattle to be Frasier to rise from the ashes to be Frasier to train. Frasier. Yeah, absolutely. But Phoebe has a very New York um, energy, I feel. So I think we're also going to need Frasier to move to New York. Okay. Um, But we can do that. It's for uh, whatever. We'll we'll figure out a reason to get him to New York. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Jay, if there are any other episodes that, like, between Steve and I, who are not Frasier fans, need to watch that are similar in maybe the pitter-patter of ham radio, what do we need to see? Okay, so yes, uh, uh, akin to that episode, there is the episode where Frasier is going to be uh, taking care of Donnie's um, bachelor party. Frasier is going to take care of Donnie's bachelor party, and Donnie is going to marry Roz. All right, Donnie is a lawyer who ends up trying to marry Roz. I mean, not Roz, excuse me, let's start again. Donnie is going to marry Daphne. Right, Daphne, and uh, he does not want Fraser to be the uh, guy who's making the bachelor party because his is going to be really boring. But Fraser's like, no, I'm going to prove you wrong. So he hires a uh, a stripper, right? But he wants to see, he wants to like audition her first. But at the same time, because Daphne is moving out to live with Donnie, they also have to look at new. Um, uh, Daphne positions where she, she, she was his, uh, Martin's physical therapist. They need a new one. So there is the confusion. Both of them are coming at the same time. Frazier thinks that the stripper is the, the physical therapist and vice versa. And mm-hmm. it's just a farce. It's crazy. Love Doors that. open, close. People are, people are, then that somebody gets uh, handcuffed to each other 
without the key. So there's like, I have, uh, in the style of Noises Off, there is a scantily clad woman running throughout the apartment, handcuffed to Frasier because they can't find the key. It's really silly. <laughs> that sounds like a good one. I love a good farce. Uh, I love I love you ending it on it's really silly. <laughs> There's one one one. This is really quickly. And I think it's like season two, episode three, and it is uh, the doctor is out. I think is what it is. Where the new the new station agent uh, believes that Fraser is uh, asking him out on a date when Fraser is really asking him to come over to uh, possibly go out on a date with Daphne. But uh, the station agent turns out to be gay and he comes over thinking that this is a, you know, a date and they, another, you know, unraveling of misidentity and telling what am I and this and that was so funny. Because he also thinks that Frazier accidentally outs his father. He thinks that he says something about his father is also... Uh, like me or something like that. And he's like, oh, this father's gay too. So all these compliments are coming in his way. And he's like, I don't know who should I choose here. It's super funny. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then Niles comes into the picture and thinking that this gentleman is after Daphne, the one he truly loves. So he's trying to insert himself and being like, stop your advances, sir. And <laughs> he's like, I'm not here for Daphne at all. It's so good. So classic misunderstandings and yes. uh and yeah very threes company yes i was just about to say that it's exactly remind me of threes company yes. oh yeah every every threes company episode is like this the milkman thinks that she's my sister but she's actually <laughs> my florist oh, how are we gonna get how are we gonna get through the night <laughs> yes but it's the fraser version of that you know yeah. Uh, exactly. I just realized that the new Frasier needs to have something that involves him putting the wrong contact into his phone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Definitely. then leading to some sort of uh, who said... You want, you want an episode what? of Frasier based on the Netflix movie The Wrong Missy. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that episode. The wrong Missy. It's a it's a Netflix movie. Uh, it's one. Of, it's a David Spade and Lauren Lapkus, and she he he meets two people named Missy. One's hot, one's annoying, and he invites the wrong one to Hawaii. <laughs> Sounds like a laugh riot. I'll watch Class, it. Classic Frasier. Uh, Jay Pichard, thank you so much for coming on. Why do you know that? Thanks for having me. I, I really enjoyed my time. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to plug at this time? Uh, I, I suppose my sketch duo, Sly Chum. You can follow us on, you know, all the platforms. Insta, mm -hmm. Twitter, um, uh, Twitch. TikTok? Not Twitch. TikTok? No, we're not on TikTok. So you know, not every you know. platform. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know every way you know how. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Why Do You Know That Pod or on Twitter at Why Do You Know Pod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at Why Do You Know That Pod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime. Uh -huh.